Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show. And this show, as you know, is brought to you each week by Bonneville, 98.7 and 92.3. We thank them for this time every week so we can talk to you about community matters because matters of the community are important because community matters. So one of the things that we, we typically talk about is is entering the career in law enforcement. And a caveat before I introduce our, our guest, when we talk about law enforcement, we're talking about the men and women you see in uniform out there assisting and serving the community. And we're also talking about the professional staff. Those are the men and women who serve each and every day behind the scenes. You don't normally see them on TV, but they're responsible for incredibly uh, critical items that keep the police department, the fire department, every one of the city agencies moving forward. So we just want to thank and honor and acknowledge each of our employees, sworn and professional, all across the city. If you want to learn more about any city of Phoenix job, particularly the police department, please check out phoenix.gov slash employment, or you can call 602-262-6925 if you want to learn more about police careers. Today, I am joined by Assistant Police Chief Brian Chapman of the Phoenix Police Department. Chief, thanks for being here. Jamie, thanks for having me, of course. Uh, we're happy to have you for a couple reasons. At, at first blush, uh, what I wanted to talk about is the amazing changes since the last time we've talked about police careers. But then I heard a podcast uh, where you were interviewed with Jason Schechterly, and uh, I forgot that you have a career of your own. So if you're willing, I would love to talk first about your career, because you're always so busy trying to get other people to, to, to learn more about this amazing career. You had a previous law enforcement career at another state, but I don't know how and why you decided to enter that field. Can you talk a little bit about when the bug hit you? I think it hit me like it does for a lot of people who have a sense of calling. Um, when I was a young boy in, 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 in school and all the way going through my teenage years, I just had this deep desire to serve, be wear a uniform, and be a part of the police department. So that feeling never left me, and that's what catapulted me um, through my high school and into my college career to the, I, I would say, chagrin of my parents because that's really not the path that they preferred. But I think for anybody in that world can recognize when you have a calling deep inside of you, it's pretty undeterrable. And that's the path that I followed. I'm an Ohio transplant. Um, I, I went to school in Ohio and I was an officer there for four years in Bowling Green, Ohio, which is Northwest Ohio, a small department of about 50 officers. And I served there for four years and it was very satisfying. It was a very small town. And I, my dream of dreams was to do some big city policing. And so I really took the opportunity to look throughout the entire country to figure out where I would fit best. And that's what eventually brought me to Phoenix. I would say one of the other caveats I had about leaving Ohio is that I was tired of pushing cars out of snow-filled ditches at 10 below zero. So I knew I was going to somewhere that was not going to be even a remote possibility. And uh, at the time, in the late 90s, Phoenix, much like today, was down several hundred officers. They were aggressively hiring, and they provided uh, a great opportunity, and that's how I ended up here in 
in about 1999. When when I talk to you when we're not on the air, I, I know that you are a husband. I know you're a dad. I know that you have uh, sports teams that you love. Uh, you don't seem to just always talk about police work, which I think makes you incredibly well-rounded. But you talk about a sense of service. So when you were younger and you you looked at, I'm guessing, in Ohio, you saw the law enforcement agencies. What was it? What was that lure for you? And I'll tell you candidly and embarrassingly, for me, I grew up, I had an uncle who was a cop, and I just thought it was the coolest thing. He was 100 feet tall to me. Um, I saw other kids, myself included, getting bullied, and I thought it never happened when he was around. In fact, one day I did get knocked to the ground, and they saw him pull up, and they brushed me off, and they apologized to him, not me. (laughs) But what was it for you that you said, yeah, I think I could do that, or I want to do that? What was the lure? Well, I think the lure was um, the position about being identifiable as a, uh, for lack of a better term, a community helper, Um, someone that people were looking to in times of crisis or as, as a problem solver. And, um, you know, that w- with the mindset I had and the, the, the heart that I had towards that, and of course, being raised in a very faith-based family, sense of purpose, sense of things bigger than yourself, that's always been an overriding theme. My dad was uh, military in the, in the Air Force, and uh, we didn't have anybody in, in law enforcement in my immediate family. So I, I think it was just more over that, that appeal of being able to be in a position when someone needs help that you are the, in that position to be able to help them. I think that's incredibly rewarding. So you mentioned the law enforcement and the family, but it turns out, in addition to your dad serving where he served, your brother entered the career, too. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I have a twin brother, and he uh, and I were, we were not similarly yoked. He did not have that sense and that drive. In fact, when we were out of high school, he was going to a community college, taking some business courses. He's not one for school, and uh, I remember having a very candid conversation with him. I said, well, what are you going to do with the two-year business degree? And he was just kind of questioning everything. He goes, I, I don't know, but it's better than doing nothing. And I said, well, why don't, why don't you apply for the Ohio State Highway Patrol? Because for me in my life, that was the beacon of that's where I wanted to go. That's what I wanted to do. And I said, come down with me and take the test. And he's like, I, I don't know that I want to do that. I said, well, just look at it as if you're going down there, and if it doesn't work out, that door's closed. At least you know, and that will give you some options. So, so you took the Ohio State Patrol test, also. I did. We, oh, okay. Yeah, we went down at the exact same time. Okay. Um, he passed it. I did not, and his career started almost immediately after that. Uh, I can't tell you to this day why I did not pass that test. It's one of those head scratchers. But, you know, the the image I just gave of one door closing and another one open, uh, like it's about how you react to things that happen to you, not about what happens to you. And so I was incredibly proud of him and happy for him. And he just uh, finished his 30th year and retired, um, thankfully, all in one piece from the Ohio State Highway Patrol. And I remind him on a regular basis that he has me to thank for that. I've never let him forget it, but that's the way it worked. I think it says a lot about the career that somebody who is, and I'm sure this happens a lot, and we hear stories about this a lot. They, they Maybe they didn't know it four or five years old, and they happened to, into a testing site with a friend or a relative, and then to do 30 years, to give 30 years of your life to something. There's, And I use the term bit by the bug. I don't know another term, but it is, uh, it, it's 
it's contagious. I, to your point, I'm from New York. So I used to see the state police, state troopers, and I couldn't believe they got paid to do that. And I mean that by saying it seemed like such an honor, such a cool gig with their purple ties. They went everywhere. I, I would have done it for free. And these folks were getting paid. And they looked to me to be elite I'm guessing uh, kind of a similar circumstance when you looked at your state patrol and then your brother ends up joining it. Is that a sense? Is that a source of rivalry, by the way, now? Uh, it's it's diminished quite a bit because as much as I throw in his face that he has me to thank for it, he reminds me all the time that he actually got hired by that agency. So it it's it's some give and take quite a bit. But it, they were very prestigious. Ohio State Highway Patrol is the law enforcement agency in the state of Ohio. And that's kind of what you look to in terms of setting the bar for professionalism and how you manage your business. And they were excellent at it. When I talk about being raised in New York, it wasn't the city. It was upstate. It was Western New York. It was the Finger Lakes. Like it's snow and yards and grass. I only wanted to be a police officer there. It's all I ever wanted to do. Uh, and I, clearly I did not. Did you, when you talk about the smaller towns, villages we had in towns and small cities, was there any lure to ever go back? You come out to Phoenix, you see such a big city, or did you know, no, this is where I'm supposed to be? And, uh, and did you feel right at home when you started this? Well, I started my law enforcement career actually in the hometown that I, I grew up in because I, um, at that time, I went two years to a junior college and then finished my two more years to get a bachelor's degree. And during those last two years, I got hired on by the village that I worked in to be a police officer. The village, as you can assume by the name, is not very big. And it was the first police job I ever had. It was a town of 900 people. It had one stoplight and four bars. Um, one school that had kindergarten through 12th grade. I referenced my brother. We graduated in our class of 19 people. No, we're not Amish. That's always the second question I get. It's We weren't. It's just small town America there, right? And so as we did that, um, and as I was a cop there, um, from there I got hired to Bowling Green and then from Bowling Green to Phoenix. So um, I like the path that I took in terms of small, smaller, or smaller, small, and then large. And uh, I think that was a good path to be on. You have a so we're gonna we're gonna make this a two part because I, I find your your story absolutely uh, fascinating for a reason different than that which you described uh, and and two quick questions uh, did you ever see yourself when you started this career as attaining the rank that you that you have and the second question is do you throw that at your brother a lot first. Answer, no. I never uh, assumed this. I, I really joined Phoenix PD to do big city policing. I wanted to have the opportunity to call in helicopters and SWAT teams and work with canines and be detectives and have all of these wonderful opportunities that, you know, intertwine throughout a, a 25 or 30 year career. And that was my focus was the opportunity to have that uh, chance in a big city because in those smaller departments, you want to be a detective. You're like, okay, well, that guy's going to retire in two and a half years and there'll be one opening. And if you don't get it then, you know, uh, so I, I, I just was not comfortable with doing that. And that's, that's what I came here for. And no, I don't throw it in his face very often. You talk about opportunity. We we are Phoenix is a larger agency, and I'm just here's my caveat. This is look law enforcement wherever you do it is an amazing career. If you care about people, there's no better way to serve, in my opinion. 
Um, but what I do really appreciate about our agency is, and I was in patrol only a couple years, and my friends still tease me about it, but there were so many uh, opportunities at that time that I started seeking them. And I've had the chance to move around a lot in this career. And somebody once said, when you're, when you're yesterday's outnumber your tomorrow's in this career, you start to look back with nostalgia. I'm doing that right now. And I got to tell you, I've had some of the coolest jobs, but I've always worked with and for some really, really cool people. Can you talk about the, the people that you've worked around during your career? Is that what makes a career for you? People matter, period. I don't care what career you're in. I think that when you look at our career, the quality of the people that you serve side by side on that truly have your back in what can sometimes be life and death circumstances, I think that really defines more than your relationship and more than your position here in the agency. These friendships are tried and true through some incredibly challenging circumstances. And, you know, I think that no matter what business you're in, that if you have quality people first, everything else falls into place. And like having quality people, you you also have a segment of people that you wish would strive to attain those higher levels. And that's always the struggle in, I don't care what size of company or, or organization you have. And so um, the value that we put on people, though, is inherent to the commitment that they are going to be with our agency for 25 or 30 years. So it is about how you treat people in every aspect of this. And I mean, from the day that you sign up to take the test to the day that you finish your 30 or 35 year career, um, I hope that it is wonderful. I hope it's rewarding. I hope you give a lot more than you'll ever get back. And the things that you have a front row seat on, to your point you said earlier, I still can't believe I get paid for it. I, we're talking to Assistant Police Chief Brian Chapman of the Phoenix Police Department. Chief, thank you for joining us. We really want you to tune in next week because now what we're going to talk about is you had to walk the walk. You've just talked the talk about taking care of people. You were put into a position where you had to care for someone that you cared deeply about. So we really want you to tune in next week. As always, we want to thank Bonneville for this time and to add our producer. Thank you to 92.3, 98.7. To learn more about Silent Witness, please check out silentwitness.org. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.